Okay, well, we've been in the subject of the love of God, and I really appreciate the last couple of weeks, the worship team have just been, those that have been choosing the songs have been coming out of those songs that are just full of that message of God's love for us, and it's just been a real blessing. But we've been seeing in this series so far that the love of God makes us more than conquerors. And we've got to get a hold of that truth as well. It makes us more than conquerors. It's uh, the very basis for us to overcome in life. God loved us in Jesus Christ. We've got to get a hold of that truth and hang on to it and not let it falter as a truth. You know, our faith needs to capture not just the existence of God, but his great love toward us. Knowing and believing the love that God has for us is a key that helps us to love others. And I'm going to sort of follow on the track here now to where we go on to. And in, in actual fact, in a, uh, we, we, there is a sequence to this teaching as well. And, and uh, just, been, just waiting on the Lord to sort of say, well, where are you going with this? You know, how far into this topic can we go? And, um, and of course, you know, Romans 5, 5, 8 tells us that, that God demonstrated his love uh, for us, that while we were yet sinners... Christ died for us. I'm going to sort of follow that theme a little bit. While we were yet sinners, in other words, when we were undeserving of it, just get a hold of that. When we didn't have it coming, he loved us in Christ Jesus. Christ died for us, the Bible says. We must see that God's love toward us was not given because we were deserving of it. Mm. Who thought that they were deserving of it? Any hands going up? Good, good. Okay, I'm preaching to the right congregation this morning. But just stop and think about that. And we need to see that. Because if we are to love others with the love of God, it's also going to be because we understand they don't deserve it. Think about that. So we take it up another level now. And we know God loves us because we don't deserve it, even when we didn't deserve it. But... When we get a hold of that truth, it helps us to love others because we know that they also don't deserve it. So we'll just stay with that for, for a little bit longer this morning and pray. Father, we, we, we again thank you, Lord God, that we're tuned into your word this morning, Lord God, that our hearts are open to receive, Father. We, we pray that revelation knowledge flows today, Lord God, and touches hearts and lives, Father. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you, that you bring truth are clearly out for us. We, we come around your word as the very oracles of God and thank you for an understanding and most important, a revelation that rocks our world, Lord. Lord, that, that we might be changed by it. Lord, we thank you for the washing of the water of your word today, Lord God, and that we're, that we're cleansed by it, Father, in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. So, you know, let's again appreciate that if God loves you the way that he loves Jesus... And that's what we're told in Scripture. We've been looking at it. You can go back over the podcast. We looked at the Scriptures. You know, if, if God loves you the way that he loves Jesus, he's extending that same love to those that are lost in sin and also the believer that struggles with sin and temptation. Two classes there we're talking about, the lost and also the, 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 the Christian who struggles with his sin and temptation in his life. So let's pick this up again where we left off last week. The question is put to us by the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 8. What can separate us from the love of God? Let's read it. Romans 8 and verse 35. It says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation 
or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword. In other words, trouble going on. You know, you can start to wonder where God is in the midst of all that. Do you still love me? Now, jokingly, at times, um, you know, if I'm being a bit hard about, you know, something that needs to be done in the house or making it clear, putting my foot down as you do, uh, Johnson will cry out, <laughs> why don't you love me? You know, like as if I'm having a hard, you know, not loving him because of these things. But sometimes we've got to go through some things, don't we? And do some things, some disciplines. You know, the Father's purpose to love us in Christ is an all-conquering intention. Determined from the very foundation of the world we saw. And if we take a hold of it and believe it, it's like a conduit that flows with his grace and goodness. You know, built into our lives, just a conduit that just flows with his grace and goodness. Um, If you remember, we saw how Peter on the night Jesus was taken off to be crucified fails in his devotion. Have you ever failed in your devotion to the Lord or you felt you did? He fails in his devotion, but he's still a recipient of God's unfailing love. And that's important. We need to learn from Jesus how we should respond to others those who are struggling with temptation and sin, those struggling in their devotion. God still loves them. Amen? He does. He doesn't stop loving us because we stumble. His love is still there for us. We need to get a hold of that if we're going to be effective at loving everyone. Peter discovered that despite all of his affection and love for Jesus and all his absolute devotion to the cause of Christ, when that got tested with the threat of persecution, punishment, and even the risk of losing his life, he had it in him to reject Jesus. And Jesus foresaw it. And Jesus prophesies over Peter with with what is about to occur and timing, and it's a cockle-doo-doo-doo timing. It is. Luke chapter 22, verse 31 to 34. So Simon, Simon, Satan has asked, the King James Version actually says desired, Satan has asked, desired, to sift each of you like wheat. Verse 32. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith will not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthened your brothers. Verse 33. Lord, said Peter, I'm ready to go with you even to prison and to death. Verse 34, but Jesus replied, I tell you, Peter, the rooster will not crow today until you have denied three times that you know me. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked. So I just read that, but at this critical moment, Peter lets Jesus down. But we get to see the love of God in action. And that's the good bit, is that we get to see what Jesus does in the midst of this. Peter's denial of Jesus is not enough for him to be rejected. Hmm. It's worth noting how Jesus does not scold him, doesn't demote him from the leadership team. (laughs) Jesus loves on him. Peter is still loved by God and still among the beloved. And the moment in Peter's life is a picture of backsliding. This moment, it's a picture of backsliding. Who's heard of backsliding? You've heard of the backsliding Christian. Oh, Oh, where are they now? Oh, they backslid. You know, it's terminology that we've been using for years in the church. Instead of being Peter the bold, uh, Peter's now Peter the cold, you know. 
He's, 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 he's lost his, 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 his love. And whenever I get the opportunity to pray for a believer who, who has backslidden, and I don't often use that terminology, but for the this, for this purpose of this message, I will. Those that come down to the altar for recommitment, you know, I'm reminded that they need to know above all else is that God still loves them. Remember that. You know, we have family members, we have children, we have relatives who seem to have gone off from God. Remember, God still loves them. All right? Remember that. And keep that heart of love toward them. Don't lose that. Don't think that, you know, uh, by not loving them, you're somehow going to bring them back in because of your emotional manipulation. Ooh. Just use that. Don't do that. Keep pouring out the love on them. Keep extending the love of God toward them. Because, you know, we're still, all of us, undeserving of his love. Amen. And I, I just make the point, it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. And uh, we need to actually walk in that same kindness as well. That leads others to repentance. You know, a backslidden Christian, get this, a backslidden Christian, I make the desert, you know, the, the distinction, a backslidden Christian is not fallen away. That's different. So who's used the term before fall? Oh, they've fallen away. I know we used to mix that word up. You know, it was never, there was never really any understanding around those two words. But there's a difference. A backslidden Christian just needs to repent and turn back to God. A Christian who has truly fallen away, now get this, a Christian who has truly fallen away no longer believes in Jesus. That simple. Now, I've spent some time last year talking about the pathways of God. And, um, and we, we, we need to understand that if you do, you know, if you ever do backslide, you want to get, make sure you get back on track very quickly. Because that pathway is one that can lead away and even to the point where you go so far away that you actually do get to the point where you can say I don't believe anymore and that's the point of being fallen away the point of being fallen away our faith has failed and you can read the verses of scripture in Hebrews chapter 6 verse 4 to 6 very clear but you know the scriptures make it so clear that it's impossible for those that have fallen away to repent. Read it for yourself. That's what's dangerous because they no longer believe. They can't repent. And the Bible says right at that point that it's impossible for them to repent. Amen. Very solemn in here, very quiet here this morning. Jesus is prophesying over Peter. Peter, you're going to not fall away. Peter, you're going to backslide. You will reject me, but I have prayed that you won't fall away. I've prayed that your faith will not fail. Look what he says there. I've prayed. I'm, um, where is it? I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith will not fail. And when you turn back, that's the repentance, strengthen your brothers. And I love that bit. A backsliding uh, Christian just needs to be reminded that God still loves them. Amen? Remember that. Make sure you don't, don't beam out your, 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 um, uh, your disfavour. Beam out love. Keep loving those that have fallen away. 
I mean those that are backslidden. That'll bring them back in. It's his kindness that leads us to repentance. And notice again, you know, what, what Jesus says, and when, you know, you have turned, strengthened your brothers. In other words, when you've turned back, get back to feeding my sheep. Get back to loving on others, because there's a power in that. There's a power in that for all of us. You see, it's a renewal of his calling to, uh, to love God by feeding his sheep. Talked a little bit about that last week as well. So if Jesus loves a sinner still in the world and loves the Christian backslider, why wouldn't we? Why wouldn't we take the time to do the same? Why wouldn't we love to that extent? I tell you what, sometimes one of the biggest problems for Christians is their comfort zones. Whether we, we're just not mindful of it, we're not thinking about it, you know. But if we'll just be conscious about the love that other people need to hear and receive and feel and, and, and embrace. Uh, coming out these doors, I was down here, I don't know, maybe Thursday, Wednesday. Thursday, I think it was. I'd come down to check to see that we weren't getting some more flooding. We've got a little bit of leak in some of our rooms here. So we're looking into that, seeing how much rain needs to fall before it actually starts coming down through the walls. So um, I was in the here checking it. I was only here for a couple of minutes, parked my car there. And, but coming out these doors sometimes, you sort of turn, you turn the lights off and and just as I was uh, about to walk out, um, there was, you know, it was a bit of a traffic way here sometimes, and there was a, a young fellow walking past. And, and um, you know, and he sort of startled, I startled him and he startled me. And, and I, you know, with, with, the, with the alarm set, I kind of walked out the door and started talking to him and just said g'day. And, and, uh, and of course, um, sure enough, um, uh, as I noticed and as I started to talk to him, I could see that he was under the influence and, and obviously alcohol. Um, but I greeted him friendly and, you know, how are you going? And started to sort of chat a little bit. And uh, he quickly made the connection. I didn't say, look, I'm Pastor Peter. He quickly made the connection and realised that I was someone here in the church. And, and, uh, and, and of course, he, he opened up straight away. It's a funny thing about people that are under the influence. You know, you just, they're open. And, um, and of course, you know, yes, he says, I'm a Christian, and, uh, and, uh, but I have a problem with the drink. And, you know, only a young fella, probably in his early 20s, and, uh, and, 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 and he knew that he had a problem. And he says, oh, I was baptised in Coolgardie. And, um, you know, I went back into the kitchen, the alarm went off, but I went back into the kitchen and got, got, uh, got him a bottle of water, and I said, here, like, just, just to keep you on, your, on the track. Keep you on the, you know, keep yourself hydrated here, and um, you know, I told him never forget that God loves you. Just took that moment just to make sure he knew. Never forget that God loves you. Never forget that you're one of God's children. I just really, just emphasised that with him. I told him that God could take that addiction from him, and that's the truth that we need to understand. If people can be in that place with God, God can remove and fix and renovate and restore in the place of relationship, you know. And, uh, and of course, he knew it as well. And he says, oh, I, I've got to stop this drinking, you know. And I said, no, no, God will look after that. And I told him we have Sunday service here at 9.30 on Sunday morning. So I'm still looking, actually, to see if he's coming. But God bless him, you know. And, um, you know, I, I, I think the thing is, church, we need to be about the job of restoration and not condemnation. Do you know what I'm saying? 
is, is that, you know, sometimes we can become those religious ones that are looking and going, oh, they're not worthy, you know, they're not holy. And we can, we can come from that place and it's an ugly place. And, um, you know, you can look into the, uh, the story of the, the Good Samaritan that Jesus told. He talked about the Samaritan who, who basically was the one that said, you know, what's mine is yours. And, uh, and blessed him and, and reached out to him with the love of God. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 1 to 2, it says, Brothers, if someone is caught in a trespass, you who are spiritual, this is a spiritual activity, you who are spiritual should restore him with a spirit of what? Gentleness. Just gentle, not hard and waving your fist at them at what they got to do. And if they don't, boy, you better be careful. God's going to get you. You know, it's a spirit of gentleness. But watch yourself or you may... Uh, or watch yourself, or you also may be tempted. Carry one another's burdens, and in this way, you fulfill the law of Christ. Wow. Let's not stop loving others. We're designed by God to love with the same love that we are loved with. That's how we're designed. And get this, when we do, those we reach out to don't feel our love they have an encounter with God's love. Think about that. When we do, they're not encountering our love. Oh, gee, they were really nice to me. They have an encounter with God's love. Amen. The letter by Jude keeps us on the right pathway. And I'll, again, I'll flick around here until I find it. Sorry. Jude chapter 17 and verse 19, it says, But you, beloved, remember the words which were spoken before by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how they told you that there would be mockers in the last time, who would talk according to their own godly, ungodly lusts. They are sensual persons who cause divisions, not having the spirit. Not having the spirit. Let's again not tag the backslidden here with this. Jude says they are worldly and devoid of the spirit. They're not even Christians. Paul also teaches that if we don't have God's spirit in us, we are not his. Uh, Romans 8, 9, I'll just read it to you. It says, but you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, talking to Christians, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. We're talking about those that are born again and those that are not. And that's what qualifies us as being born again, as having his spirit on the inside. The new man we become in Christ when we receive him as Lord and Saviour. Understand that. That's what that is. But Jude, in verse uh, 20 to 21, and I, I don't know what's happened to my slides. They've gotten their own mind. It says, but you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Verse 21, notice this. It says, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ, unto eternal life. Keep yourselves in the love of God. How important that is. This is the pathway for sons and daughters of God. Drawing close to God the Father in prayer. Abiding in close relationship with him. Keeping ourselves in the love of God. Continually conscious of God's love to us, and get this, and through us. We've got to be that conduit for God's love and mercy to flow not just to us, but through us to others. How's that going? We're going to ask ourselves, it's only new. It's only a new year. Well, let's make some commitments around that. You know, being that, that channel for God's love and blessing to flow through. 
particularly his love, that people feel it. They don't just feel your love, they feel the love of God coming through you. Amen. So important, staying in that place of recognition of his great love in which he has loved us. Stepping up to be those ones that extend that rare thing that you know, uh, we see where we extend God's love to others. Not uh, both, I should say, both the lost and the backslidden. Someone might say, oh, well, I'm not so bold to talk about you know, the love of Jesus. I'm, I'm, I'm a bit timid. It's okay, we've all been there. You know, sort of missed opportunities, that's okay. But you can still beam out the love of God in your prayers. Praying for others. I had that counter with the young, the, you know, the young, uh, young man walking past um, uh, the other day. You know, and I, I thought to myself, boy, he really needed to know that God loved him. And I really felt that he went away, uh, uh, um, you know, fresh with that message. You know, and it was like as I drove out that... I drove down the road here and there was a couple of people as I was driving by, they went like that and started looking at me. I thought, I must be shining now, you know, now that I've shared the gospel. I've got to do more of this, you know. And we ought to, you know, we ought to get excited about it. You know, I just started to pray for people as I was driving, you know, people walking down the street, just started to pray for them. Lord, bless them. Lord, touch their hearts. Holy Spirit, get on their life. You know, bless them with the spirit of adoption. And, um, you know, our prayers are powerful. Don't just think it's a conversation, but it's a prayer life as well, where we actually initiate things in people's lives because we prayed for them. There's a lot of people in our township that need prayer. Amen? And we should be busy about that. God's, God's love flows. We see an impact. You know, he that sows with tears will reap with joy, you know, the Bible says. And... Um, you know, praying for others becomes more than just a routine that we do because we're Christians. It becomes less of a duty, but a thrill and a joy. Amen? And a lifestyle of being sensitive to God's Spirit, God's Holy Spirit. Learning to be led by God's Holy Spirit in that work. Getting a prompt, you know, a little nudge from the Holy Ghost about someone you need to be praying for or someone that needs, you know, some prayer. And, you know, you get into uh, the, you know, the prayer network of this church and you find that we're all talking always talking about those little prompts, things that we felt, you know, the Lord saying to do. You see, practicing his presence every day becomes an exciting activity. Daily connection to your Heavenly Father, being sensitive and tuned in uh, to hear his voice, being led by his Spirit, not just for you, but for others. That's when, that's when it gets really exciting. It's not just when you're praying about your own needs, but you're praying about the needs of others. That's when it becomes exciting. And, uh, you know, we start to reach out, reach out to other people that have a need to hear some of these truths and, uh, and of course, to walk in relationship with the Lord. And get the picture clear within your heart. It is the loving Heavenly Father guiding us as his children in building the kingdom. And that's the work we should be busy about. Amen? We can get, in, in Christianity... Watch out, you can get busy about a whole bunch of things that we need to be busy about extending and building the kingdom of God. I tell you, he's coming back. And we should at least look busy. <laughs> Amen. We should at least look a little busy, you know, about building his kingdom. You know, and, that, and that's sometimes just a heart change, you know, just a, 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 fresh, a fresh devotion to the things that are important, that we know that are important to the Father, is that people, God's people, know his love. 
and that people that are outside, the lost, feel his love as well. Let's get busy. Amen. We're going to be a busy year. Praise the Lord. I'm going to ask the worship team to come on up and make an invitation. I know that there's, I saw some earlier activity in the uh, this morning and Alan and, uh, and, and Jem have prepared some, some morning tea for us. So if you're new with us this morning and, uh, and just visiting, we do have a little morning tea uh, afterwards. Have a cuppa and a bit of food will come out. So just encourage you not to rush off, but stay and, uh, and meet some of the good folk here. But just as, as, as we finish this song, I'm just going to make an invitation that if you're, if you're with us, you're new today, and again, I, I didn't catch everybody as we came through the door, um, I just want to make that invitation. We've talked today about having relationship with God. That's so important um, that we understand that there is a personal relationship with God that's available, where you can know him and that, you know, uh, he, can, he can make himself um, uh, uh, known in your life. And uh, that's so important that we, we walk in that. That's a daily thing. And uh, there's a prayer that we can pray. We call it the prayer of salvation that brings you into that. And I, I just want to encourage you, if you haven't prayed that prayer before, you're really welcome to come on down the front after this song. And, um, and we'd love to pray for you. If you've got other needs as well, or you'd like to be uh, receive prayer in another area, come on down the front. Um, uh, we believe at the altar, God meets people and, uh, and, and meets them where they are. And... Uh, and, you know, I want you to know for sure that he loves you where you are, no matter what your circumstances are, and he wants to reach you where you are. Amen. Whether you're saved or not today, um, he wants to touch lives. Did you, did you want to share something with those Looks like you're ready to get up and grab the microphone. That's all. <laughs> Hallelujah. Why don't we all stand and we'll worship the Lord as we finish today.